Can we just stand to our feet for a second? Let's lift our hands to heaven. Father, thank you this morning that we can come in that precious name of Jesus. What a beautiful name that is. Oh, we glorify you this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that the word that goes forth today will change the lives of people. Set them free. Let chains be broken. Strongholds be loosened in the name of Jesus. We thank you this morning is a morning of miracles, breakthroughs, and victories. Because your word says in your name. And this is why we believe in your name. We shall see these signs following. Do whatever you want to do, Holy Spirit. Work in the hearts of man. We pray right now that the word of God that goes forth shall be mixed by faith. And that people will receive it. It will not depart from their lives. That the enemy will not come and steal the seed of the word. But it will transform us this morning. Lift your hands to heaven and say, let your word transform me today. Let your word change me today. Let your word challenge me today. Don't let me leave like I came in Jesus' name. Change me forevermore. And we thank you, Holy Ghost, that your presence is here. That you will move across this house. That you will heal every broken heart. Touch every contrite spirit. Be the balm of Gilead. Flow as you please. Right now, we give you the way in Faith City. This is your church. This is your service. Lord, we pray that you will touch those who's watching all over the world this morning. That your presence will invoke those homes, those, those hotel rooms, those hospital rooms right now. That presence in Jesus' name. Let your presence, Lord, convict and change them forevermore. And thank you for the blood of the Lamb. Thank you that we can come boldly to the throne of grace. To obtain mercy and grace in the time of need. We worship you. We glorify your sweet and holy name. Come on, I want you to give Jesus the greatest hand of praise that you can give Him. Come on. You may take your seat. We're going to get right into the Word of the Lord. I want you to open up your Bibles with me to the book of Romans chapter 5 and verse 9. Romans chapter 5 and verse 9. It says, I'm going to read from verse 8. It says, But God demonstrates His own love towards us in that while we were still, still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through Him. Now, I want to just quickly take you to where we were this morning. This morning, uh, you know, when that earthquake hit, it hit us hard. Eileen slapped me and she says, Wake up! We are going home. <laughs> Got out. The whole house did this, and uh, you know, this scripture came to my heart. As the Bible says that through the blood of Jesus, we have been redeemed and have been saved from the wrath to come. So we know this, and I've said this a million times in this church, that Jesus Christ is coming back. And if you still don't believe it, listen to me right now. Most, most women this morning, when the earthquake hit, hit and you thought it's the rapture, you wanted to get your makeup ready and you wanted to get your clothing on. I said to Eileen, I don't care how I look that morning. I'm going to be the first one out. Thank God that we will be spared from the wrath of God. Come on. I said we're going to be spared from the wrath of God. And um, I, I realized this, that a lot of people woke up this morning knowing they're not ready. Because they ran around frantically. I was just waiting for one thing. I promise you this. I was just waiting for the sound of the trumpet to sound. 
and then we'd have been out of here forever and be with the Lord, King of kings and Lord of lords. Now, they don't preach it no more. Doesn't mean that we don't believe it. We believe what the Word of God says. And I want to tell you this right now, that we believe in the blood of Christ. I said we believe that the blood of Jesus still carries power, and it still changes the hardest of hearts. Come on. It still breaks through the biggest of barriers. It still cleanses the lepers. It still heals the sick. Come on. It still raises the dead. There's power in the blood of Jesus. Can somebody say there's power in the blood of Jesus? Say it again. Say it like you believe it. There's power in the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. And so when you have become the righteousness of God, let me just preach to somebody right now. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, accept Him as Lord and Savior into your heart, then you do no longer carry the curse of the bloodline in your family. Now you didn't hear me. You don't carry the curse of... If the doctor tells you that you still carry, you have to understand that you have the bloodline of your father and his father's father. Let me tell you, the, the minute you gave your life to Jesus Christ, it has been settled. I said it has been settled. The Lord has purchased your salvation and your redemption and every sickness under the curse has been broken by the power of God. I do not have the curse of my family line. I have the blessing of Abraham. And if you believe it, you better jump on your feet and give Jesus 30 seconds of crazy praise. In this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't carry the curse of my family. I said, I'm not carrying the curse of depression. I don't carry the curse of cancer. I don't carry the curse of sickness and disease. I don't carry the curse of sin. I have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. This is why this morning I take authority and I say to every spirit that keeps people captive with depression, your time is up in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Come on, tell that symptom your time is up. Tell that depression your time is up. Jesus has bought me. Do you believe that? I say, do you believe that? Tell your face, I believe that. Tell your face this, this morning, I'm no longer part of the curse. The blood has settled it. What I could not do by myself, the blood has done for me. Come on, what I could not do for myself, the blood has done for me. His blood still speaks for me. Do you believe that this morning? I want to speak to you about an intimate relationship with Jesus. And I want to show you something. Too many people believe that if I just say the sinner's prayer, I'm okay. And I'm saved and I'm going to go to heaven. Did you know, according to the scriptures, even the demons knows that he's the son of God. And they are on their way to hell. Well, I'm preaching better than you shouting now. Even the devil knows that's the son of God and he can never be saved. Did you know that the Bible says that Satan knows his Bible better than some Christians? And it doesn't get him saved. He's still going to hell. Knowing that Jesus is the Son of God, it's not enough. Saying the sinner's prayer, it's not enough. I'm thinking about this this morning. How Judas has saw some of the greatest miracles. Has seen how demons were cast out. Come on, saw the dead being raised by the power of God. And it did not change him. I've realized that being a spectator... will never change you into the image of the Son of the living God. We have too many spectators in the church. 
and not a lot of disciples, not a lot of people that says, I will lay down my life for the sake of the gospel. I will lay down my life for the sake of Jesus Christ. I'm speaking to somebody this morning. Judas saw it all. He experienced the power, the miracles. It did not change him. He remained the same. You can sit in church Sunday after Sunday unless you have a face-to-face encounter with Jesus Christ. You are lost. You have to have a one-on-one face-to-face encounter with the Son of God. Singing a hymn in the earth is not going to save you. Can I go a step further? Paying your tithe every single week is not going to save you. Judas saw the power, the miracles, the glory. But 30 pieces of silver was more important to him than the Son of God. You see, to him, possessions was better than presence. I'm speaking to you right now. Possession is still more important. I drove here. I saw a whole group of people running, jogging, riding on bicycles, walking the dogs, playing golf while the church is empty. While the church is empty, I want to ask you a question. There's no problem with you playing golf on a Saturday. But my question to you is, has golf saved your soul? Has your... My goodness gracious. You can be fit on the outside without Jesus Christ. You are lost, brother. You are lost, sister. We need a face-to-face encounter in South Africa with the living God. I'm not talking to you about religion and playing church. Basically, I pray 10 hours, and still you're not changed. Any person that tells me, I've seen angels, the Holy Ghost was in my room, but you're still the wicked person you were before, you lie. Whoever touches the Son of God is changed forever. Lift your hands to heaven and say, Lord, change my heart this morning. Christianity is much deeper than just we coming to a church building on a Sunday. It's much deeper than that. You know what Jesus comes to? He says the following. He says, unless a man be born again, he can never inherit the kingdom of God. Unless a man is what? Born again. What, is, what does it mean? I'm going to get to the good stuff. And I'm going to preach to you in a second. Hold on to your horses. What does it mean to be born again? It means that absolute Repentance is not you crying. Repentance is you changing. The life I used to live, my back is on that life. I've walked away from it. I never think about it ever again. Do you know that if you truly give your life to Jesus Christ, everything prior to you giving your life to Christ is forgotten? Hmm. Prior. This does not mean that you're born again and you can do whatever you want to do. It's impossible for you to taste and see that the Lord is good, to be washed and cleansed, come on, and purchased by the blood of the Lamb and still sin. Then you have never been born again. If you wake up in the morning and you sin willfully without you feeling someone speaking into you, I question your salvation. My wife does not have to tell me, don't look at that. Come on, my children don't have to say, don't do that. I have a someone living on the inside of me who has changed me completely. Hallelujah. My wife don't have to tell me, please, when are you going to stop drinking? When will you quit the smokes? I have the Holy Ghost on the inside of me. Hallelujah. I'm changed forever. I can never be the same again. 
I've done it all. I've seen it all. I want to tell you, nothing satisfies like the bread of heaven. When the bread of heaven comes, it changes you. Look at your neighbor and say, he's preaching to you, my brother. The blood of Jesus. Woo! When you're born again, you're born again. Listen to me right now. I'm not half born again. I'm not born again on a Sunday only. And on a Saturday we like to party. I'm absolutely born again. I have the seal of redemption. Amen. When earthquakes comes and trumpets blow, I'm going to be out of here. I'm not going to have to say, Lord, Lord, please quickly forgive me, Lord, if there's anything. I'm out of here. I'm changed. I'm sanctified. I'm Holy Ghost filled. Come on, I'm not speaking to somebody. Now, there's something that the blood of Christ has done for us. A couple of things that I want to quickly show you. In the book of Ephesians, if you have your Bible, turn there. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. We have received redemption. Say with me, I have received redemption through the blood of Jesus. He says, in him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. So what does the blood of Jesus has done for me? It has redeemed me. It has redeemed my life from destruction. I was on my way to hell. I was lost for all of eternity. But then Jesus came. And he purchased my salvation. He purchased me with his own precious blood. Because the blood of bulls and goats was not sufficient. Listen to me. You're looking at mirror and you say that I'm not well enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not well uh, looking enough. And you've got all these problems and situations about you. But when Jesus Christ looks at you, he says there's not enough gold, not enough silver to purchase you. You are more precious than all the gold, all the silver. Come on, all the diamonds. The only thing... If you want to know how much you're worth, look at the blood. If they ask you what's your net worth, you can ask them, what's the blood of Jesus worth? That's what I'm worth. I'm not worth all the money in this world. The world cannot buy me. It could not. Listen to me. I want to to preach to your heart this morning. This is why money cannot save you. Do you understand that money is just a tool to get you from A to B? But you can have all the money in the world without Jesus. You're the poorest man in this earth. And you can be the poorest man on the earth with Jesus. You are the richest man alive. What does it help you? You can purchase the whole wide world. You can go on the most fanciest of fanciest vacations and, and do the best of the best. But yet you don't know Jesus. Yet your heart is far from him. What does all the money in the world help you? Will it purchase your way to heaven? Come on, money cannot even buy you. Jesus says, I have been re- you have been redeemed by my own precious blood. God thinks about you that you are to die for. Never say I'm not good enough. Never say that. It took Jesus' body and all of his blood to redeem you. Tell the devil I've been redeemed. Come on, let me speak to every religious spirit. There's nothing that I have done that the blood of Jesus cannot wash. There's nothing that I have never been too far for his hand not to get to me. Say hallelujah. Come on, you can do better hallelujah than that. The blood washed away all my sin. It's gone. Oh, I said it's gone. It's gone. It's washed. How can I say that for sure? Because when I gave my life to Jesus, I have the Holy Spirit as a seal. Now I'm going to get the people mad. 
This is why you can't sit in a service like this and go back home and still fornicate. I question your salvation. Because there's nothing in me that wants to fornicate. Listen, what's fornication? Let me help you. You are in a relationship with somebody that you're not married to and you sleep together. And no, no, you're not just sharing a flat together. You lie. Don't be quiet on me right now. There's a day that's coming that I'll stand before the throne of glory. That I'll have to give accountability for whatever I said. Before this service started, I said, Holy Spirit, you speak through me. So don't say this preacher. It's the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost. When you are truly born again, your heart's desire is, I want to look more like Him. I want to sound more like Him. I want to walk more like Him. I want to believe like Him. I want to be changed like Him. Because that's the work of the Holy Ghost within a man. He changes you. This is why, men, I can speak for the men. Stop going out with the brothers and spend time in your home. Spend time with your, with your wife. Spend time with your children. I'm speaking to somebody right now. You better hear me. All those things pass away. Hallelujah. Because when I'm born again, I don't want anything of this world. I want Him. I want Him. I want Him. That's all we want. We want Him. We want Him. When I'm redeemed, it means I've been made clean. I'm pure. Now, how many of you understand this? Before Adam and Eve sinned, there was no sin. There was no separation between man and God. This is why you need a Savior. This is why, let me tell you, the Bible says a fool says there's no God. The Bible calls him a fool. I've got another name for them. I'm not going to use it. A fool says there's no God. You have to be a special kind of stupid. To wake up in the morning and you see the clouds, you see the sun. At night, everything, I mean, works like this. Bang, bang, bang. Look at your own body. You are the greatest machine made in the human history. Do you think that you just came together from nothing? Bang. No, I'm telling you, you have been knitted together in the secret. God has made you wonderfully and fearfully. We carry Him on the inside of us. We are carriers of the glory of God. Amen. I carry the presence of God wherever I go. Mm. But the time is coming. And every knee will have to bow and every tongue have to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I don't care what the Pope says. I don't care what the government says. Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords. And he's have a name above every other name. Shout to that devil. I've been redeemed by the blood. And Satan tells you, do you remember you have done that and that in your past? Excuse me? Never happened. It never happened. I'm no longer that man. That man is dead in his trespasses. That guy no longer lives. Amen. So, hallelujah. Now, you know what the word redeems mean? That the minute I gave my life to Jesus, the curse has been settled. I have been delivered from the curse. Now, this is why I don't understand what people is all about when it comes to prosperity. The Bible says, I wish above all things, brethren, that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So what does the Bible say? He says, I want you to prosper financially, physically, and spiritually. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, you are prosperous. Your soul prospers. Hello? 
I've read the scriptures, just read Deuteronomy and see what God says. If you just serve me and if you just love me, I will take care of your physical body and I will bless you financially. Now that's prosperity. If you are 80 years old and you're still walking up straight, you are prosperous. So they believe that my soul can be prosperous as long as I go to heaven. But as I struggle on the earth, that's not God's plan. God's plan is for you to be prosperous financially, to be prosperous physically, to be prosperous spiritually. Can you say amen? Amen. You don't do God a favor by walking sick. Do you know what you do? You cater for the devil. Because the thief has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus says, I have come so that they might have life and life in abundance. And let me just throw this out free of charge. There's only once in the Bible that the Bible says, for God so loved the world. Only once. But it's multiple times that he says, repent, or he will likewise perish. Only once. Everybody runs to that scripture. For God so loved the world. Read on. For those who do not believe, is already condemned. Believe is not here. I'm believing, I'm, it's here. If you say, I believe Jesus up here, but not in here, you're not saved. Now, if you're saved, redeemed, nobody has to ask you, when last when you've been to church? No, I am the church. My goodness. Yeah, there's a word, but I can't use it. I just want to say it. Get your big boy pants on and get to church. Be a man. If they call you for, for a family barbecue or braai, you're going to show up. Nobody said, I'm not going to the braai, I am the braai. <laughs> I'm not going to the barbecue, I am the barbecue. <laughs> Amen? When Kurt took that everybody shows up. But we as Christians, has lost our faith. We have lost our faith. We have lost our first love. If I have a word for this nation, get back to your first love. Get back to your first love. At the end of the day, nobody's going to stand with you. In, in that day, you'll give accountability for your whole life. For every word spoken, every time that you thought about something, every time that you think to yourself that, you know, I'm going to bluff my husband, I'm going to bluff my wife, you ain't bluffing nobody. You're bluffing yourself. Sin will kill you. There's a penalty to sin. There's a big scripture that I'm going to use in a second. Let me, let me grab a hold of this one. Hebrews chapter 10. Let me just show you this. Hebrews chapter 10. And the verse... 26, I'm going to go back to verse 19 in a second, but just listen to this. For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains sacrifice for sins. But a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation which will devour the adversaries. Now listen to what, what verse 28 says. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. So pause there. So anybody who breaks the law of Moses is deemed for destruction. Now listen to what 29 says. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose will he be fought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot 
counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing and insulted the spirit of grace. This means that if you know the truth and you still sin, it's worse for you than those who has lived under the law. This is why Christians only quote certain scriptures. They quote what they feel like quoting. What soothes the innermost being. But they don't realize the whole book has been inspired by the Holy Ghost. This clearly says, if you sin willfully, after you know the knowledge of the truth. I don't have to tell a Christian, don't steal, don't cheat, don't lie. Hello? I don't have to tell you that. You have someone on the inside of you that removed the need to steal, the need to lie. The That's why you're born again. But he says, if you willfully sin after you receive the truth, there's no more remission of sin. Do you know what he says? He says, if you think that those who broke the law of Moses needs to be punished, how much worse punishment do you suppose that those who have trampled the blood of Jesus underfoot? So if I tell you today, stealing is a sin, and you go and, and, and steal, do you know what you do? You trample the blood of Jesus. You insult the spirit of grace. Grace is a spirit, people. Grace is not a, something that God has given you so that you can do whatever you want to do. Grace is a person. It's very quiet this morning. I thought it's going to be better right now. It's a person that teaches you the way of God. This is why it cost him his whole life. This is why, the, why grace is not cheap. It's not cheap. Are you listening to me? Now I want to make a a statement right now. If I'm going to hurt your feelings, I'm not sorry. There's only one way to heaven. And Jesus is his name. There's no other way to heaven. Muhammad cannot get you there. And Buddha cannot get you there. And Hare Krishna cannot get you there. And the LGBTQ plus cannot get you there. It's only through the blood of Jesus Christ that you can be saved. There's only one name given. And by the way, Faith City, there's only one name through which we will bow. And that's the name of Jesus Christ. If you believe it, I mean if you believe it, grab the guy next to you and say jump on your feet and shout Jesus in this house. Only one name. Only one name. We will not bow in front of the gun. We will not bow before Bail. We only bow to one, and his name is Jesus. And if you want to be inclusive, get yourself born again. We refuse to be like this world. Cut off my head, but we will not, not negotiate the truth. This is a holy fear and anger at the same time. Satan has robbed the church far too long. While we sit playing church, people are falling in hell every single second. People that wish they can sit in a church like this, hearing the truth one more time. I'm going to meet some people over yonder. They're going to tell me, thank you, brother, for preaching the un... Oh, the unadulterated truth of the gospel. Thank you for no longer watering down the message. His blood did not flow on the, on the streets of Jerusalem so that we can be inclusive. 
And we can live like we want to live for God so love the world. His blood has flowed so that we for once and for all can have redemption through the precious blood of the Lamb and be drawn near to the Father. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood. Now, number two, we have fellowship with God through the blood of the Lamb. This is why the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, 19 says that those who come to Him must come boldly to the throne of grace. Therefore, come boldly. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to the holiest by the blood of Jesus. What does this mean? The only way to, that I can get to the Father is through the blood of Jesus. Do you know why that is? It's because before the blood, God could not look upon sin. He could not look upon you. He could not look upon you because of sin. Sin separated us from God. This is what we need to understand. Because of what Eve and Adam has done, it separated us. Never again to have fellowship with God. But then Jesus came. And through his own blood, he has drawn us. This is why the Bible says no man can come unless he has been drawn. Look at the seats that's, that's next to you. If there's nobody sitting there, they have not been drawn. But you've been drawn. Imagine the grace that God has upon your life that you have been drawn. But don't take this grace and throw it back in his face. Say, Lord, I'm going to change. I need to be born again. And by the way, if you have not been baptized after the service, we're going to baptize you. And baptism does not remove sin. Please hear me. Baptism does not get you saved. It's only through the blood of Jesus. But that's one of the things that we do as born-again children of God. We get ourselves baptized. Say amen. Now I have fellowship. I can approach God's throne 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Not because I'm good enough, but because of what the blood has done for me. The blood made me good enough. The blood has settled it for me. That I can go boldly to the throne of grace. Not like a stepchild. Not like an outcast, I go as a son to the living God and say, it is written in your word. Whatever I ask you in the name of Jesus, you will give unto me. Say amen. amen. We have the blood of Jesus that speaks for us, that protects us, that it guides us into all truth. Thank God for the blood of the Lamb. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. Number three, they came healing through the blood. Healing came through the blood of Jesus. So if people say, I don't believe in healing no more, then you don't believe in the blood of Jesus. You don't believe in the power of the blood of Jesus. When you are sick, come on, when the doctor says that you've got cancer or whatever it is, you have to apply the blood. You have to say, you sickness and disease, the blood of Jesus is against you. So basically, if Jesus heals, why is people still dying of sickness? Let me tell you something. We believe that he's the healer. Respective of what's going on around the world. We are wrong so many times at the wrong person. It's not God who kills. It's the devil that destroys. But I want to just speak to somebody right now. Better hear me. If you have lost a loved one that, has, that you know, that you know, that you know, that has been a servant of the Most High God, then you don't weep like this world. It's not a goodbye. It's see you soon. Are you listening to me? We don't sorrow like this world. We weep over people that is lost and is gone to hell. But those who have been saved, it's going to be a sweet reunion. If one Sunday morning you come here and you don't find us here, don't worry. You have to go over the river. You'll find me somewhere along the throne. <laughs> Thank God for the blood of the Lamb. 
as we thank God for the blood of Jesus. As we thank God for the blood of Jesus. The devil can tell you this morning that you've done too much. God can no longer accept you. He's a liar. The blood has redeemed you. It has brought you close to him. Let me tell you, you can sit here and say, Vessel, you don't know my past. Let me tell you something. When you come to Jesus Christ, neither does he. He removes it. Satan can come and tell you, listen, you have, you've done this in the past, this in the past, this in the past. Then you turn to the devil and you tell the devil, let me tell you about your future. You are deemed to hell. You'll be thrown into the lake of fire. You're a defeated foe. You're under my feet. You're a liar. Come on, from the beginning, you were the father of lies. Come on, you're Bilzebub, the God of lies. But let me tell you who I am. I am redeemed by the blood of Jesus. My, my salvation has been purchased. My name is written in glory. Hallelujah. My name is in the Lamb's book of life. Lift your hands and say, thank you, Jesus, for your blood. So healing runs through the blood of Christ. The Bible says in Isaiah 53 that by his stripes you are healed. The one translation says you were healed. Meaning that when Jesus paid the price on Calvary, it's once and for all. Now I don't have to beg God for my healing. I step into my covenant rights and believe God. I've seen so many people that I've prayed for. So many. They don't feel good enough for the healing. You'll never be good enough if you, if you think about you have to do it for yourself. Jesus paid the price so that you can just be the recipient of what he has done. So say with me, by his stripes, I am healed. Say that again. I am healed. If you feel a symptom in your body, you look to that body and say the blood of Jesus. Sickness is against you. Come on, sickness, you have been defeated by the blood of the Lamb. I am healed. Speak to your lungs and lungs cry out to God. My lungs worship you, Lord. My liver belongs to the great I am. Woo. Now let me just help you out. You can stand on your, on your head, sing the blues. If you don't change your lifestyle. A guy asked me the one day, pray for me, I'm busy dying of lung cancer. Leave the smokes. It says on the packet, smoking causes cancer. Now open up your Bible. Wrong living leads to hell. But eternal life came through the blood of the Lamb. Change your lifestyle. Get rid of the Coca-Cola. Boom. A month without Coca-Cola. Amen. And anybody knows me, they know I like my Coca-Cola. Change your lifestyle. You can't, you are a temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So that you can stay healed. I'm not speaking to somebody right now. The Lord can heal you absolutely, but change the way that you used to live in your physical body. Just change it. Amen. Number, number, number four, protection through the blood. The blood protects us. Now, you know, I, I told you this story, and for the sake of you that didn't listen to this. I was in a, in, a, in a service. I said it last week. I'm going to say it again. I was in a service in Rustenburg where I preached. And I mean, personally, it was on one of my best sermons on repentance. And Robbie and myself, my brother-in-law, we, we drove in a car. We drove back. I was, I was driving, and I heard a bang. I thought it was my tire. I said to Robbie, just check that tire, that tire. I'm checking this side. 
When I looked up, I saw a man with a gun right in front of us. And he just, I mean, he's just cleaning up. He's called, he's shooting. Bang, 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 bang. Not one bullet hit the car. Now, there's other cars on the road. Why did that guy decide to drive in front of us and shoot at me? Because the devil said, there's a man. He's a threat. You know, that guy's so bold, he calls sin, sin. He does not worry what people think about him. And his God is protecting him. There's a hedge of protection all around him. But please, if you can just take him out. And as he starts to bang, 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 the angels of God. They were playing cricket. Bang. Baseball. Bang. Because he says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Why is that? God says in Exodus, apply the blood. And wherever I see the blood, I shall pass over. This is what Jesus has done for you on Passover. The sickness will not come to your house. I said poverty will not come to your house. Disease will not come to your house. It will pass over. Thank you for your blood. Woo. Divine protection. And you know what happened with that divine protection? When they started shooting us, peace came into that car. Normal people will... But God's spirit was there. Because I have a word that no weapon. There's a preacher in America, a great man of God. She preached one day, a man ran into the, into the church, started shooting at him. Emptied out his whole gun, not one bullet, not one bullet hit him. From this, I mean this distance, not one bullet that's what the blood of Jesus does. Let me tell you something. We live in a country where you have big walls and electric fencing. But nothing protects like the blood of Jesus. It's time that you walk the parameter of your yard. And say, Lord, I apply the blood of the Lamb over my walls. That no harm, no evil shall come near my house. I thank you, Lord, that their eyes will open up. That they will see that those who are for us are much more than those who are against us. Let your angels be my protection. Say hallelujah. Number five, all authority over the devil through the blood. What does the Revelation 12 says? We have overcome Ooh, through the blood of the Lamb and through the word of our testimony. This is how you overcome the devil, through the blood of the Lamb and through the word of your testimony. If God has been good to you, you better testify. Why is that? It's like a, it's like a nail in the devil's coffin. We have overcome through the blood. Through the blood. We are overcomers. Listen to me right now. Overcomers. Too many people think that you will one day become an overcomer. That's wrong. You are right now in this life more than an overcomer through the blood of Jesus Christ. When the devil comes against you, you say, devil, the blood of Christ is against you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say yes if you still believe that. Yes. I want to show you something at this table in a second. But lift your hands and say, Jesus, thank you for your blood. Now I want you to look at me quickly. You cannot be saved unless you have a one-on-one -on -one encounter. Why did you think Saul that was a murderer of Christians has been changed in an instant? 
after Jesus met him on the road called Straight. Now, it's funny enough how Jesus took him to the road called Straight. Some of you need to come on the road called Straight. He met Jesus there. He fell on his, on his face. He cried out. He says, who are you, Lord? Immediately, he knew. He was a this man knew the law of God, but he did not understand relationship. He met Jesus on the road to Damascus. And Jesus says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Now, Saul was persecuting the Christians. He was killing them. But what Jesus said, great. He says, why are you persecuting me? In other words, whoever persecutes us, persecutes him. And then Jesus said to him, I'm going to change your name. I'll make your name Paul. I'll show you what you'll have to suffer for my name. You'll have to, I'll show you what you have to suffer for my name's sake. But one instant, not after seven years of Bible study and Bible school, instantly, instantly, he had a one-on-one -on -one encounter. Your, your, your preacher cannot give that to you. I can show you the way. But then you'll have to lose yourself, lose your dignity. I'm talking to people self that tell me, you know, I've been saved for years. That's great. But it's time to get that one-on-one -on -one again. It's time to get back to that place where Christ has become your all in all. How many of you remember the first day you've met your husband and your wife? Okay? The, f the feeling that you had. The in love feeling. It never must go away, by the way. I'm just... But it's the same way that you have to go back to your first love, Jesus Christ. You have to get back to that first place where you've met Him. That first time that you've met the Son of the living God. And I promise you, when you, when you have Him here, He changes everything. Suddenly, you don't want the things of this world. The longer I live, the more I cry, Jesus, come and get us. He comes, just come and get us. We're ready, Lord. And let me just tell this world. If you think that the world is crazy right now, you better watch when the church is gone. You better watch when the church is gone. When, you know, when the, when the first of the human race will die instantly and go to hell. Where the grace of God is gone. Because the grace of God leaves with the church. Then the wrath of God shall be released upon this earth like you've never seen in your life. Well, how can a loving God, let me tell you how can a loving God, He gave up everything. He gave His Son. What more must He do to get your attention? This is why He says, you can, while it's still day, the day will come when people will cry out, it's too late. And that day you cannot say, Lord, I have not knew. I did not know right from wrong. Everybody that sits here under the sound of my voice, you know right from wrong. Your mama don't have to tell you even right from wrong. When I was little and I was doing stuff I was not supposed to do, I knew it was wrong. Mama did not have to tell me it's wrong. You know it's wrong. I thank him through his blood. I'm new. I'm born again. Can we quickly go up to the stage? I want to ask Penis and Rob, can you bring it uh, the table a little bit closer? And you can just stand one side each. I want to show the church some. Let's bring it right up to you. Let us take this real quickly. Now the Bible says, He is the bread of life. Why is He called the bread of life? You see, the bread of life speaks about, Jesus says, I am the bread that comes from heaven. He says, whoever eats from this shall be satisfied. Whoever drinks of me shall thirst no more. You see, the bread of life, His body was the bread of life.
This is why Paul says that when we come together in remembrance, when we remember him, we take communion together. This is how we remember that he gave his own personal body. This is why you better listen to me, sir. Ma'am, listen to me. Pornography cannot fill that void. Alcohol cannot fill that void. You need to go further. You need to reach the bread of life, the bread of heaven. It will come and he will satisfy every need and every first in your life, every emptiness. You can sit here and tell me, Vessel, there's a void. Jesus is his name. You can tell me, Vessel, I'm so depressed. Jesus is his name. You can say, I'm so sick. Jesus is his name. He's all in all. This is why when they, when they walked in the desert, manna came down from heaven. Manna rained down, but Jesus says, you know, as your forefathers who supplied the manna from heaven, I am that bread that comes from heaven. You can go to any restaurant and eat. Tomorrow morning, maybe tonight even, you're going to be hungry again. You're going to feel there's something here that says goro goro. <laughs> and what will happen? You'll have to eat again, right? And tomorrow morning, what's going to happen? Goro goro. You're going to have to eat again. But there's a divine exchange when you give your life to Jesus. Suddenly the world can no longer pull you. Suddenly there's a joy unspeakable and full of glory. You don't know why you smile. Everybody else is sad, but yet you smile. Why is that? Because the bread of life has become my salvation. The bread of life has fought me to the overflow. I have no lack. I have no want. I have no need. I have him. But when that bread of heaven came down, they mocked him. They still do. So many people, when your friends ask you, are you a Christian? Uh, you know, I go to church with you because you're too, too afraid. Because what will they think? Who cares what they will think? Jesus says, if you deny me before man, I will deny you before my Father in heaven. Let it be known that I'm not just a Christian. I'm born again. I'm blood washed. I'm a Holy Ghost filled. I'm a tongue speaking Pentecostal Christian. Shout hallelujah if you're one of us. Include me in the crazy bunch. I'm crazy in love with the King of glory. I'd rather be a fool for him than a fool for this world. I'm speaking to somebody right now. You can call me an outcast. I'm an incast with him. Hallelujah. I don't do what the world wants me to do. But I please the one who gave his life to me. Listen to me right now. Get to know the bread of heaven. And you will never hunger ever again. Every emptiness he will satisfy. Ladies, look me in the eye. You think that boyfriend of yours can satisfy that? You think that affair outside of your marriage can satisfy that? Only Jesus can satisfy the hunger in your soul. You think that there's a desire to be like this. You know, I need to be liked. I need to be accepted. It's not for this world. What your soul is crying out for is for the living God. This is why the psalmist says, my soul cries out to the living God. But they rejected the bread of heaven. They spat in his face. But I thank God that on Calvary's cross, they broke his body. So that I can have life in abundance. I said I can have life in abundance. They call him the lily of the valley. The lily speaks about purity. Perfection. There's no one as pure as Christ. This is why 
what you've done through your life cannot save you. It's only through the finished work of the cross. It's because of, because of His perfection. Because of His purity. That I don't have to go to the devil's hell. But I can be saved forever. Every time you wake up, and I'm going to say that. When you decide, I'm, I'm too tired to pray. I'm too tired to, to live right. Every time when you're drawn by this world, this is what you do. How can they spat him in his face? You do the same. Every time you have an excuse why you can't live holy, why you can't be in church, why you can't worship God, when the rugby plays, everybody's shouting in praise and worship, people stand like this. How can we worship a, a living God like, like nothing? We trample on him. The same blood that they trampled on in the streets of Jerusalem, the church is still trampling on that blood today. We consider it a common work. I don't know. If I put on my stove a plate, a hot plate, and it's red, and I call my kids and I say, if you touch this plate, you're going to burn. And yet they come and they put their hands on their plate. You know, one guy asked me the one day, he said, how can God send people to hell? I said, God does not send people to hell. You choose where you go. He says, I give you life and death, but choose life. You choose the other way. It's like, it's like you telling your kids, the, the plate is hot. Don't put your hand on the plate. This is what God tells you. The plate is hot. Don't put your hand on that plate. What do you do? You still put your hand on the plate. Is it God's fault? No. He warned you. Oh, you're telling me. Maybe you this, this side hear me. He's warning you for me. Jesus says, narrow is the way. And very few find it. Narrow is the way that leads to eternity. Few find it. Wide is the way that leads to destruction. Many find it. Do you know what that means? This means that there's more people going to hell than to heaven. Peter even said, Lord, are those who's lost, are they many? Jesus says, you have to fight hard to get in. Many will try in that day, but not be able to. This is last night's earthquake. It's not at that moment that you say, Lord, please forgive me. You have to live right. Time for getting right is, is gone. He's called the lily of the valley. He's perfect. Tell your neighbor, my Jesus is perfect. Come on again, he's perfect. He's called the rose of Sharon. You know, Sharon is a place. It was an empty plain, like almost a desert. And the amazing thing is, out of the desert, the most beautiful roses grew. It's only Jesus that can come into your desert. <laughs> it's only Jesus that can come into your plain life and make it beautiful. It's only Jesus that can take a past that is horrendous, a past that is, is so bad it has broken you. It's only Jesus that can say, among all of your hurt, all of what you're going through, I'll be the rose in your Sharon. Come on, I'll be the lily in your valley. It's only Jesus. A rose, they say a rose is the most perfect, perfect flower. And he gives out some of the most sweetest fragrances. His life was a sweet fragrance. His life was perfect. Jesus Christ, I want everybody to listen to me right now. Don't believe the lies that they say that, you know, he, he has been a, a, a sinner. He had sin and he had a wife and all the rubbish. One guy told me, you know, when, when the woman that was caught in adultery was brought in front of him. She was naked. 
and then they asked, the one guy asked me, he said, why, do, why did Jesus look down? He said, Jesus looked down because he didn't want to look upon that woman and sin. Because of lust. I said, you've got a lust problem. That's your problem. The reason why Jesus looked down is the following. He wrote down of all the sin of the accusers that brought that woman. He wrote down in the sand the sin of the accusers. This is why he says, has anybody accused you? Not yet, Lord. Neither do I. Go and sin no more. He was sinless. Say with me, sinless. Sinless. There was no lust in him. There was no sin in him. If there was any sin in him, he could not be the Messiah. Then it means that if you die right now, you're going to hell. But thank God, Jesus is the sinless Lamb of God. He alone is the Rose of Sharon. You see, I want people to listen to me. In your life, it's only Him that can make you beautiful. Why do you think He says, Behold, I make all things new? But yet, still today, the world, they make movies and they use His name as a foul language. They would never, ever say that about another God. But yet they say it about our God. Do you know why? Because our Christians does nothing. Muslims have banks. Christians don't. Muslims have prayer rooms. Christians don't. Why is that? It's because we're so far away from our first love. Everything always takes first choice. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And we will love the rose of Sharon. If he can make my life beautiful, he can make your life beautiful. Don't do this. Don't trample on the rose. Don't trample on the rose of Sharon. Love him. Serve him to the end. And when you serve him, people, many times you're going to serve him alone. Your friends are going to leave you. Family will walk out on you. That's fine. Jesus says, Who's my family? Who's my mother? Who's my father? Who's my brothers? Who's my sisters? Those who have done the will of my father. Say with me, he's the rose. Come on, I'll share and say it again. Come on, say it again. He's the rose of Sharon. The Bible calls him the rock of ages. Now, Moses comes to the Lord. He says, Lord, the people is thirsty. God spoke to him. He says, there's a rock. I want you to hit that rock. And when you hit the rock, water shall gush out from that rock and it shall feed millions. It was such a prophetic act. Because it was spoken of Jesus as the rock. When Moses saw that rock, he hit that rock and water came out. You know, when the rock of, of ages was crucified for us, he was smitten once. And as they smite him, water came out. What water? Living water. Jesus says, he stood up in that great day of the feast. He says, if any man first, let him come and drink. People complained afterwards. They said, we are thirsty. God said to Moses, speak to the rock. Don't hit it. But because Moses was a frustrated preacher, he walked towards that rock and he hit it again. Water came out. But because of his disobedience, he could not enter the promised land. Do you know why God was angry because he hit it again? Because the rock was already smitten once. 
It's like you crucifying Jesus all over again. What he was saying now is speak the results. Lord, because of your stripes, I'm healed. Come on, Lord, because of your blood, I have been redeemed. You don't have to crucify Jesus Christ again. He will never go back to the cross. It is finished. The rock of ages. On this rock, you build your life. You built your marriage. You built your business. You built your ministry. You built everything on this rock. The rock that cannot fail. Say with me, he's the rock of ages. The rock of ages. Moses said, show me your glory. God said, no man can see me and live. He says, but I've got a, a place by me. The one translation says, I've got a place next to me. He says, I will put a cliff in the rock. I'll put you in the cliff. Once you're in the cliff of the rock, my glory shall pass by him. Where's Jesus? Next to the Father. He's called the rock of ages. What does God say to Moses? I'll put you in my son. <laughs> when you are hidden in my son, my glory shall pass by him. You see, you cannot see God without the son. You cannot see God without the Son. The Son is the one that draws you. This is why the disciples say, show us the Father and it will be enough. Jesus says, I've been with you for so long. Yet you ask me, whoever saw me, saw my Father. What Jesus was, Jesus was not saying here, I am the Father. What he was saying is, I'm like the Father. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. In other words, when Jesus hung on the cross, God the Father paid with his own blood. You might say, how can a loving God send his son? Listen to me. That's exactly it. A loving God. He chose you. Hallelujah. He's the rock of ages. But yet, they spat in his face. Hit him with sticks on his head. Mocked him and said, if you are the Christ, save yourself from this cross. Even Peter said, I don't know him. Even Judas sold him out for 30 pieces of silver. You see, this morning I pray that there will not just be another message that you can go home and have another week. I pray that the Holy Spirit will convict your heart, convict your life, that you will realize, if I'm not right, I'm rejecting the chief cornerstone. The Bible says they have rejected the chief cornerstone. Did you know that in the tribulation, that Israel will weep for seven months because they crucified the Lord? I believe it's not just Israel that will have the effect. I believe every person that has denied Jesus access to his life. Listen to me right now. Receiving him as Lord and Savior is exactly that. He's my Lord. This means he's the boss. I'm no longer in charge of my life. I don't go where I want to go. I go where he wants me. If he's not there, I'm not going. If they don't invite you to a family barbecue, don't worry. If Jesus is not there, I don't want to be there either. Say with me, he's the rock. Of ages. Say it again. The Bible says the night before Jesus was crucified, they sat at the table and they had communion together. Do you know that very soon in heaven, we're going to sit at that table again? Ooh, and we're going to have communion with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I thank God when they, when they crucified Christ Jesus. He cried out with a loud voice and he said, it is finished. 
And when he said it is finished, he breathed out his last. And he went into the underworld for three days. And he preached to the departed souls. He took back the, key, the keys to the kingdom from the devil. Satan has been defeated right there. Come on, he has removed all those who has been, who has been in prison. He has set them free. The day that he rose from the dead, the Bible says there was many tombs, graves of, of those who had died in Christ. Who has opened up. That opened up. The tombs opened up. And Jesus Christ entered into the holies of holies once and for all. And do you know what he did? He took his own blood and he presented his own precious blood on the mercy seat. It was sprinkled out so that we can have life and life eternally. Stand on each side. I want to show them. When they took him from the cross, the devil thought it is finished. And then they carried him out. And his body was laid in a tomb. But I want to tell you that on the third day, he took control of death, hell, and the grave. The grave could not keep him. I want you to stand on your feet and give Jesus a standing ovation. Thank you for your blood. Now listen, they laid him down in Take your seat for a second. The devil said, we have him. Finally. But Satan did not know. He was confused. Because the Bible says if they knew who they crucified, they would have never crucified the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. He thought it is over. But I want to tell somebody right now, it ain't over until God says it's over. You see, what they thought was, it's just a tomb that's closed up, but they did not know behind the walls what's going on. As I told you, he went down into the underworld as he promised. Because when Adam and Eve sinned, they, they basically gave the authority over to the devil. And so they were in paradise underneath the earth waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue them. But when he was in that tomb, he went into, into paradise, took back the keys the authority, and he opened up those prison doors, and he took all that was held captive by the devil, he took out into heaven's paradise. So when you go to heaven today, you're not going into the underworld. If you're saved, straight into the presence, because nothing separates you no more. Nothing separates you no more. The blood has redeemed you. The blood has set you free. I want you to think about this. Where would you have been this morning if it wasn't for somebody that one day told you Jesus loves you and that he can change your life, that you don't need this world, but you just need him. And when you have him, you truly have everything you need. You have nothing else. If there's one thing that I would change in my life, I pray that I, I would have served him younger. I knew the Lord. I knew the scriptures my whole life. I went into the world. I've done stuff that... I was never supposed to do, but I thank God, I thank God that I know Him, that I know Him, and when I stand before Him, I'm not going to say, Lord, I have preached this gospel around the world, I'm not, 
I'm not going to say, Lord, so many people have been healed and saved because of this ministry. We're going to stand there and Jesus will be my advocate. He will do the talking while I stand there. And the accuser can say, he's deemed for hell. And I can just hear the sweet voice of Christ says, not guilty, not guilty, not guilty, not guilty. If I'm guilty of one thing, it's because I love him. If I'm guilty of one thing, it would be that I would not compromise this gospel. You don't have to go to hell. You can choose Jesus. You see, it's not about just saying the prayer. Do you know the Rose of Sharon personally? Do you know the lily of the valley? So many people, it's the lily in the valley when the bank account is full. When the doctor has not given them bad news. When the children is not sick. When the washing machine is not broken. Everybody loves him. But the minute that your tent is a bit shaken, people tend to turn their backs on the Lord and say, where is God? Where were you? Where were you? He paid it all. What he has done for you. You cannot find in a person. You cannot find in a bottle. You cannot find in drugs. You cannot find in a club. You can go to a club. I've been there. You can go to a club. And you will walk out. And you will know still something on the inside is not satisfied. There's still an emptiness on the inside of me. But when you come to the foot of the cross, there's a divine exchange. Your life for His. And He makes all things new. Suddenly you talk different. You believe different. How can you love a man that you have not seen face to face? And yet those who have seen Him has rejected Him. Denied Him. Said, I don't know Him. You see, church, listen to me today. Stop worried about your feelings. Say, preacher, hurt me with the truth, but don't lie to me. Don't pacify me with a lie. Because in fear and trembling, I say this. Imagine I'm standing before God one day, and he says, look to your right. And you see thousands upon thousands that's on their way to hell, and he says it's because of you. This is why I want you to listen to me, preacher. The Bible says, if you do not warn them, I will require their blood from your hands. This is why you, Christian, cannot condone sinful living. As for me and my house. I said, as for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. I said, as for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. I said, as for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. I want to tell the world there's a better way. And his name is Jesus. Listen to me right now. If you are not married, you either marry or you leave the relationship. You want to tell me that boyfriend. Now, please just, I, I don't know if my IQ is maybe too high for this one. But please explain to me. How would you give up eternity for a stupid boyfriend? Please explain to me. You would rather go to hell for all of eternity you either marry or you leave. I'm speaking to the adulteresses. If you have an affair outside of your marriage, you cannot paint that thing pretty. 
you'll go to hell. Can I go a bit further? Adultery does not start in the bed. It starts in the head. It's here where it needs to get right. You want to tell me you want to go to hell over a fling? No born again child of God would want to have an affair outside of your marriage. They love the frill. Love the frill in your marriage. That guy just loves you until he has what he wants and then you just a, a, a stat on his list. If you're a real man, a real woman of God, then you know marriage is covenant and it's holy before God. And you chose who you married. And when you married, I'm sorry, but you're married. Married. This is why I'm telling all the roofs, don't just settle for any guy. This is why I'm telling people this. Somebody needs to hear this. Stop trying to get a man or a woman in a bar and in a disco. What do you attract? And I promise you, you're not going to change them. So many women that left church that says, you know, I'm going to serve God with my husband at this church. They're not even going to church. You allow a man to take you away from, from your king? What more must happen in your life? How much more must your life spiral out of control? Before you're going to realize I'm on my way to hell and only Jesus can save my soul. This is why the Bible says, he who steal, tell them to steal no longer. Stop stealing. Stop lying to one another. Live pure. Live holy. Stop watching the filth on your cell phone and on your computer and think nobody sees you. God sees you. Stop trampling the blood of the Lamb. Now I'm saying this. Next week the church can be empty. That's fine. But when I stand before heaven, I will know job well done. If Jesus tarries to come, I want to go like Stephen has gone. I want to see the heaven open. I want to see the Son of Man standing. Give me a standing ovation. Say, that man preached the truth. I love you too much. I love you too much. I love you too much. To lie to you and tell you to do whatever you want to do because grace discovers it all. Grace is not a free ticket to sin. It's an empowerment to live a life above sin. Stop going to the alcohol and say, you know, Jesus made water into wine. Read your Bible. It's not wine that makes you drunk. There's not one scripture according to the Greek and the Hebrew, that proves that Jesus made alcohol with, with, with um, you know, something that makes you, or, or, or if we say, uh, we call it alcohol. There's not one scripture that proves that he made something that makes you drunk. Not one. Not even when Paul spoke on, spoke on Timothy. He says, use deliberate wine for your stomach. Do you know that word wine is grape juice? Did you know that grape juice got healing properties in it for the stomach? Why does Jesus say a drunkard will go to, to hell? But yet he makes water into wine. And here's the next one. As long as you drink in modesty, I like that. Cheat in modesty. Steal in modesty. Lie in modesty. Right is right. And wrong is wrong. Before I came to Jesus Christ, I was drinking. My dad caught me the one day. He smacked me so hard. I thought I was smacked by five people. He smacked me up, I mean, my dad smacked me so hard that my blood group changed. From B group to safe group, I was saved like, 
I thank God for that smack. I said, I thank God for that smack. Some of us just need some smacking. But let me tell you, since I gave my life to Jesus, there was not an, ins- an instance that I says, a beer would be nice now. <laughs> I promise you this. And now they do the non-alcoholic beers. Well, the, why don't you quit the smokes and use the vape? Same rubbish. If you saved. Imagine me being a preacher and I have a, a non-alcoholic beer in my hand. I will never listen to a man with a beard in his hand. Never. And let me just be bold and say this. You think you're going to see miracle signs and wonders, but you live like this world? You're going to see nothing. The only thing that you will see is a headache the next morning. Babalas, it's called. No miracles. Miracles come from holy channels. I was in churches where I preached personally. After the service, they called me to the preacher's lounge. Then they say, anything you want to drink, they open up the fridge. It's stacked with beers and alcohol. Around the corner from us, by the way. The church is no more, thank God. It's not a church, it's a club. A club. I want, I, you know what I love? I love preachings that I listen to. That challenges me. It makes me angry. If you're not angry yet, I've not done my job today. I want to get you angry. Because when you're angry, you want to change. Amen. Say hallelujah. I thank God that this is not how we're going to see him coming back. <laughs> I said, this is not the way that we're going to see him coming back. That's not the way. He's coming back, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, with a fire in his eyes and with a sword in his hand. It is so simple. Before I'm going to pray for you, it is so simple. The only thing that he says is, give me your light. And I'll change you. So many people say this, you know, I'm going to quit my smoke, I'm coming to the Lord. I'm going to quit my drinking, I'm going to end it. You come as you are. You'll never change by yourself. But when he grabs a hold of you, oh, he will change you. I have so many testimonies of people that are far gone. I know Tina's will not mind me saying this. When I saw Tina's the first time of the many years, the Lord said to me, unless I get to him, he'll die. I told my dad, I said, I, I have to get to Tina's because the Lord showed me he's going to die. He was not saved. He was so far away from God. When he saw me and my dad, he asked his mom who was with us because he saw a third person with us. A third person. I came to him. I invited him to a man's camp, a men's camp. One camp shook his whole life. One encounter. Today, I don't have to ask him, are you saved? I know he's saved. I know without a shadow of a doubt, he saw Jesus face to face and it's changed forevermore. That's when we are saved. When we met him face to face. And suddenly you can leave everything just like this. Pick up your cross and follow him. I want you to lift your hands to heaven and say, Jesus, thank you for your blood. That you've redeemed my life from destruction. Thank you for your blood. Now, Lord, we worship you. I want to sing that song. It says, forever you will be. You're the lamb upon the throne. I gladly bow my knees. 
And I worship you alone. Forever you will be. Just lift your hands to heaven. You're the lamb upon the throne. And I gladly bow my knees. And I will worship you alone. For all heavens declare. Just worship him. The glory of the risen Lord. Who can compare with the beauty of the Lord? Forever you will be. You're the lamb upon the throne. I will gladly bow my knees, and I will worship you alone. Come on again, forever you will be, forever you will be. You're the lamb upon the throne, and I gladly bow my knees, and I will worship you alone forever you will be tell him forever you will be the lamb upon the throne and I will gladly bow my knees and I will worship you alone thank you Jesus for your blood as every, every hand is lifted, I want to ask every eye to be closed and I want you to hear me. You say, this, some might say, only God can judge me. You know, Jesus in his own words says that we can judge. He says, when you judge, judge righteously. Paul says, judge with a righteous judgment. So when you stand before God one day, God's not going to judge you according to your standard you will be judged according to God's standard God's standard is much higher than our standards you see Moses says that adultery is when you have an affair outside of your marriage a sexual affair outside of your marriage Jesus says even if you just look upon somebody with lust in your heart you have already committed adultery you see his ways is not our ways his standards is much higher than our standards now, I would not have done my job if I don't do this. I want you to dig deep into your heart this morning. And I want you to ask the Holy Spirit if there's anything in me that I need to work on, that I need to get rid of. I want to deal with it right now, Lord. I want you to remove it from my life because this thing is taking me to hell. There's so many scriptures that says, Unless you forgive, God cannot forgive you. It means that if you, if you can't forgive people, you're on your way to hell. If you hate, you're a murderer. A murderer is not just somebody that kills somebody physically. A murderer is somebody that hates even. You hate your brother. You hate your sister. You're a murderer. And Jesus can set you free this morning. Listen to me. It's time to forgive. It's time to let your past go. You don't want to... You don't want to give that up for eternity. 
If you think about your whole lifetime, it's a drop of water in a bucket. You think about eternity, it's an ocean full of water. Right now, just for a minute, I want you to make sure if there's something in your heart, then I want you to do is come to the front right now. You say there's something in my heart that God needs to get rid of. Quickly, just come. Nobody's watching you or judging you. It's between you and God, whatever it is. You say, Lord, your standards is not my standards. I need to get this out of my heart this morning. Come right now. Come right now. Come as close as you can. Let the Holy Spirit touch you. Let Him touch your heart. You see, this is about eternity, people. Whatever it is, you can't forgive. Get here. You struggle with fear. The Bible says, for the fearful, they will end up in the pool of fire. To the lies, the murderers, the thieves, the adulterers, the abominable. Doesn't matter how far you're off. Nothing that his blood cannot do. Come on, there's more people that need to be in the front. You in the front, just come a little bit closer. Come. Don't let the devil keep you in your chair. This is eternity, people. If you say only God can judge me, you're right. He's going to judge you. And that day, you can't say, Lord, I did not know. I did not have the chance, nor did I have the opportunity to change. You have that opportunity right now. But I want you to listen to me. This is not just coming and you have to change. You have to ask the Holy Spirit, pluck this out of my heart. I don't want to deal with this no more for as long as I live. I want to serve you faithfully. If you know there's anything in your heart that's not pleasing to the Lord, you have to come to the front. Because I promise you, hell is eternal, people. You think it's a fairy tale, then die and find out. I'm going to give you a few more seconds. There's people still in your seats. You're still fighting it. Come. Come and make right. Say, Lord, there's things in my heart. This means you, you love God. There's a lot of you that love the Lord, but there's something in your heart. Unless you deal with it, it will deal with you. Come on, those of you that struggle with unbelief, get here in the front right now. The Bible says anything that's not a faith is sin. Every, any unholy living, come to the front. You don't have to confess your sins to me. You're going to confess it to the Lord. And we'll make space for you. Guys, can I ask you, just come closer to the stage. Just come closer to the stage. Let's just make more room. Come on, I want to deal with this right now. You don't belong to the devil's hell. Today, you're going to make sure that whatever is between you and God will no longer be between you. Jesus says, I make all things new. You're going to let go. You're going to forgive. If you're addicted to anything, this morning is your morning. The blood of Jesus is stronger than your addiction. It's stronger than your wrongdoing. Jesus, your word says, unless a man is born again, he'll never inherit the kingdom of God. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are working hearts right now. We can't save them. You are the Savior. Save them, I pray this morning. Show them the wrong, the wrong from the right. 
Come on, maybe you've heard me preach and there's a conviction in your heart. You have to be in the front. If you're even in this building and you say, I've never given my life to Jesus, get here to the front. I've never accepted Him as my Lord, get here. There's so many people here that you know God your whole life, but you are lukewarm. Because you are lukewarm, you'll spew out of your mouth. If you're fornicating, you better get here. Adulterous affair, get here. A thief, get here. A liar, get here. Let the blood of Jesus set you free this morning. And I want to tell you what Jesus said. Go and sin no more. Don't go back to that lifestyle. The Holy Spirit, I thank you for your people. It is impossible for them to come to the front unless you drew them. I'm going to say a nasty thing, but it's the truth. If you're still sitting there, you've not been in the front because the Holy Ghost has not drawn you. That's dangerous. Because He always draws the sinner. He always draws the sinner to repentance. So Spirit of God, I want to thank you for drawing your people. Thank you so much, Lord, for having grace for us. These people standing in front of me, including me, we were supposed to be dead. We're supposed to be in hell right now. But you love us so much that while we were still sinners, you died for us on the cross. But Lord, you, you spoke to me today and you said to deal with stuff that's in people's hearts. Stuff that they're struggling with. Stuff that will keep them away from your holy presence. Right now, Lord... I thank you as they choose you, they choose life, that they will live. Come on, you standing in front of me, you have to make the decision right now. This is where I'm leaving it. I'm leaving it at the altar. I'm exchanging it. I'm going to call off that affair. I'm going I'm to tell my wife. I'm going to tell my husband. Come on, you better hear me right now. You're going to have to come to the Lord and say, Lord, I give you my alcohol. No longer do I deal with alcohol. Your word says... If the Son of Man sets you free, you are free indeed. Drug addiction, the Lord can destroy that. I want you to listen to me. He'll never think about it again. Unbelief, hatred. Let them go. The Bible says unless you forgive, God cannot forgive you. So lift your hands to heaven, would you? Spirit of God, touch them. Restore them unto you. Lord, as I see tears flowing, I pray that you are working in the deepest of the deepest of man's heart. And I thank you, Lord, that you count every single tear. You pick it up in a bottle, your word says. We thank you, Lord, that I preached as you want me to preach. So that these people can go to that place where your word says there will be no more tears. No more sorrow, no more weeping. For he himself will wipe away the tear from their eyes. Now Lord, as, as your people stand here this morning, uh, listen to me as every eye is closed. The Holy Spirit convicts people of their sin, but he sets you free this morning. He sets you free. You're no longer going to carry that shame with you. The shame has been dealt with. Doesn't matter what people call you, what people say that you used to be, you're no longer that person. Lord Jesus, I thank you that they will know you as the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valley. That they will know that you are the bread of life that comes from above. That you are the living water. 
the rock of ages. And that you paid 